Right. Um, by way of transparency, although I said what I said about April, I did put my hand up. I probably would uh, appeal that ticket. <laughs> um, right. And uh, by way of integrity, Noah helped me with this PowerPoint, so if there are any errors, um, you can deal with him, not me. Right. Let's look at, to begin with, we've got um, the dictionary definition of integrity, um, the one that I found. There are two definitions. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and the state of being whole and undivided. And I think we need to bear in mind both of those when we're talking about uh, integrity in the kingdom, really. Um, I don't think we can have one without the other. I think we need to think about the, the whole being and the whole thing that we are. If we look at Psalm 15, I'll just read that through. This talks about the Psalm of David talking about um, how we should be. Um, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent, who may live on your holy mountain, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbour and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honours those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, Whoever does these things will never be shaken. I think that's really quite a, an all-encompassing um, few verses about what we should be like, and it really does speak about integrity, about not uttering slander, about not doing wrong. Um, particularly, um, I think, keeping an oath, even when it hurts. You know, when we said something, and maybe there's a particular cost to us, or maybe a cost that we weren't expecting when we made that, that promise. I think that's really interesting um, about how we should be. Uh, this is Noah's little uh, Google image search on integrity. So I think there's a couple of interesting things there. Um, I think we've, we put, a, I was talking with Noah, we put a few things up because sometimes different things just, just catch your, your interest or catch where you're at uh, differently. They're quite sort of different things or different aspects of integrity. C.S. Lewis said integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. That might be something that, that you think, oh, I've never really thought about that before. Does it really matter? And we know that when no one's watching, there's still someone watching, don't we? Um, the bottom right says about it's the choice between what's convenient and what's right. And again, that speaks about that. Um, you know, there is often a cost to our integrity, a cost to us being honest. Sometimes that cost is just a risk, and it turns out, okay, I know... There's a time at work when my boss said, oh, if so-and-so asks about a shift, tell them it's already booked, and it wasn't. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to either tell them the truth or tell them to speak to you. And he was a little bit taken aback, so there was a risk involved, but actually, through that, through being honest, I think my boss actually, I found quite a, quite a lot of favour with him recently. Um, I've needed a day off, and I didn't have any holiday, and he managed to find a way to make that happen. So... Um, Sometimes it's just that initial risk. And I think generally, when we act with integrity, we do, we do find favour. Sometimes not, but often we do. Um, that top right one is quite interesting. It's the choice of courage over comfort, choosing what's right over what's fast, fun or easy, uh, and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. And I think that's the key, the key one, really, practising rather than just professing. It's about... Um, not just saying what we believe, not just having those principles, but actually living a life that, that communicates those principles to those around us. We had um, 
Uh, those of you that work in certain companies have probably heard of ISO 9001. Any know? Yeah. So ISO 9001 is a, um, a standard that a company can apply for and it basically says that your processes are sound and you do what you say you're going to do. You can produce an utter heap of junk as long as you've only ever said you're going to produce an utter heap of junk. So it's about processes, the quality of your processes and not the quality of what you deliver. <clears throat> and uh, we, 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 when we were starting off in that process at Ford, there was a poster that went round that had the phrase, I'm sure it was stolen from somewhere else, say what you mean, mean what you say, and do it. And it's quite, you know, saying what you mean is saying what's in your heart, don't talk in riddles, don't, uh, don't try and deceive people, but actually saying what you mean. Meaning what you say is, well, I'm actually going to follow through on this thing that I said, and doing it is, is the following through. I think it's quite, not, not to be confused with the northern saying of say what you like and like what you will say, <laughs> which is quite different. Um, <laughs> sorry, northerners. <laughs> um, right, so let's have a look at some of the keys to uh, integrity. I'll have to reach that way because I can't read the other one. Um, so we have our conscience. That's one of the things. Jamie touched on that a moment ago. Um, that little internal voice that nags us when something's not quite right. Um, that verse is the one about um, our thoughts uh, accusing, even defending us. So, you know, even in our own head, we have that opportunity to, um, to make a decision and to stop ourselves and, and go the right way. Um, then we've got confession's quite important, and I think there's two parts of confession. Uh, that particular verse talks about us confessing our sins to God, and him forgiving us and purifying us, which is restoring our integrity. But I think there's also something in um, confessing to the people around us. There's another verse, which I actually haven't put up there, about confess your sins to one another daily, isn't there? Um, and I think that's, that's important so people know where we're at and we can ask for help with the things that we're struggling with. Um, and then there's confrontation, which is people able to speak into our lives, people able to to spot when something's not going quite right. That, um, that verse there, encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now, we know that the Bible wasn't written in English, right? Yeah. So, obviously, that, there's a little phrase underneath that. That comes from the Greek word... Shall I try and pronounce it? Yeah. Parakaliete. <laughs> 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 Generic European accent. <laughs> um, so that, that comes from uh, the word para, which means alongside, and kaleo, to call. So that talks about um, a bit more than just, well done, Jamie, that's great this morning. So I'll give you a little example. A few weeks ago, Noah did a cross-country race, and we were there watching him, and as he came past, go on, Noah, go on, good stuff, and off he went, shooting off towards the finish. So there's not much involvement there. I mean, there was quite a lot of involvement in other ways, but if you, if you compare that to um, a race I ran with Hannah earlier in the year, which I'm sure she could tell you all about, where I was running with her, and uh, she had suffered an hour and 45 minutes of my encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the, key, the important thing was, because I was running alongside her, I knew when we were slowing down. I knew when we needed to pick up the pace. I could see when she was struggling when she maybe needed to have a drink and wasn't thinking about drinking. So there was that sense of being alongside, knowing what was going on, knowing what was needed, and being able to input. And I think without that um, 
without that closeness, encouraging becomes, well done, Jamie, that was good this morning, or, go on, Noah, great race, and not, come on, we can do this. We can get there, and we can do it in the time you want, and we can get there, and it can be a success. And um, I think that's, that's really important that we give people licence to talk into our lives like that, give people licence to be that close. I'm not ever quite sure I got that from Hannah on that race, but, <laughs> but she got it anyway. <laughs> but, you know, without people that are that close that can see when we're struggling, you know, maybe not when we've stopped completely, but when we're just a little bit off the pace, maybe not when we're, we've sat on a curb by the side of the road, but when we're just, just veering off a little bit or, or not paying attention. It's that sort of thing, you know, if people aren't that close enough, everyone can see if you stop at the side of the road and sit on a curb and give up completely, that's quite obvious. But when you're, when you're just drifting or easing off the pace or concentrating on something else, people can't see that. And we need to give certain people around us that licence to, to really talk into our lives and really um, impact us. And I think, you know, for me, I feel God's just really kicked things on with me recently, just spending time in Sierra Leone. And perhaps not the impact you'd think of, of seeing how life is different and how God works out there, but actually a lot of it was just, just spending time with Nathan and Mark and just every, you know, every meal time. Uh, Nathan's <laughs> nodding wisely. <laughs> but just, just having that, that chance to just, just keep inputting a couple of three times a day. And it was just that chance to talk back and forth and just you know, listen, really, and, and, and give time to, to hear those things. And I think sometimes... You know, in a busy family with things going on, all school runs and clubs and all that sort of thing, we sometimes don't have that opportunity. And I think that was one of the real keys for me in Sierra Leone was God giving me that that time to just sit. I can have a meal time without having to wipe anything off off the floor or pick a kid up or, you know, get Noah down because he's doing something else when he should be eating. We had to do it with Mark a couple of times, but <laughs> but you know, it's just that time and just. You know, there wasn't an overt conversation where I said, Nathan and Mark, I give you the, the licence this week to speak into my life. But there was that, you know, I did. I, I, I was open and uh, I was up for that sort of input. Um, there is, we use in engineering the word integrity. We talk about structure and integrity or the integrity of a system. And uh, what that refers to is the ability of a system to, to stay in one piece to perform the task it's meant to perform for the period that it's designed to perform that task for. So we often, I mean, I don't work in shipbuilding, but we talk about the integrity of a hull of a ship. Now, if the integrity of that ship's hull is broken, something like that happens. It sinks. So it's really quite important to maintain the integrity of that hull. Now, if it gets hit by a, a, a bomb or a torpedo, it's going to go down pretty quick. If it's got a little, a little leak, it's going to go down, but it's going to take longer. And I think we can, we can be like that. We can be a little leak, or it can be something big. And I think if we go back to that previous slide, and this, this may help some of you, it may not, but in, in relation to that, sort of, some people think graphically, didn't they? So if you're thinking about the ship's hull, imagine you were responsible for working in the ship's hull, maybe not on the maintenance team, but you saw a little bit of something that you thought, hmm, there's a bit of a problem there, I can, I can fix that, just a little something that just needs a, a bit of sealant on it or something like that. That's, that's a, a, like the idea of that internal voice. 
it's something I know is not right, and I know I can kind of sort this out myself, uh, just a little thing, and we can get on with life. Um, then there's maybe, confession would be like, right, there's a, a bolt missing here. I don't know where to get the bolts from. In, in our, where I work, we raise a maintenance request, and the maintenance team will come and do that. So it's like, actually, there's something not quite right here. I need a little bit of help with this. Um, and you call the appropriate person to come and help you. And with us, it might be confessing to God, and God can do something, or it might be saying to a friend, I'm really struggling with this issue or that issue. Perhaps you could come and help me. And confrontation would be a bit like the ISO thing I was talking about before. It's about opening yourself up for external evaluation, an external audit. We all take our cars for an MOT, don't we? Hopefully. So we, you know, we open our car up for external scrutiny for someone to say, Yep, that's fine, good for another year, or actually, no, we need to look at this. And uh, I have no idea if that happens in shipbuilding, but I'm sure they, they have external inspections where they will come and do that. And that's like us you know, giving people that licence to talk into our lives, saying, this is me, you're close enough, you, know, you spend time with me and my family perhaps, you see me shout at the kids or not or whatever, and you know, you've got that licence to just see that little bit deeper into my life and to be able to, to pick up the things that maybe... I don't want to confess or I don't want to give up, but I'm giving you licence to spot the things that maybe I can't or don't want to spot myself. So that might be another way of helping you think about it. And that's Noah's little uh, finish. <laughs>